Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our new series called Surrender, Taking Off the Old and Putting on the New, where Pastor Nick talks about the process of surrendering our lives to Jesus and living a life pleasing to God. We hope you enjoy the series, and don't forget to join us in service every Sunday at 11 a.m. So we started a surrender series a couple of weeks ago, and I want you to open your Bible to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. We're going to read this foundation passage of Scripture for this series. Reading out of the New Living Translation, Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24. And then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with His angels in the glory of His Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing right here will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. And so Jesus said that if we want to be His follower, if we want to follow Him, because that's what Christianity is about. We don't follow Buddha. We don't follow Muhammad. We don't follow anything else but Jesus. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you and say, we're followers of Jesus. According to the book of John, Jesus is the Word that became flesh. He's the Son of God. So the way that we follow Jesus is we follow the, His teachings in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus preached many messages. You can see the things that Jesus said about the kingdom of God. Jesus established things about the kingdom of God. And so we want to follow the teachings of Jesus. We need to discipline our lives to follow what He said. And that means that we have to change. Go to the book of Romans chapter 12. How do you become a new person? How do you change? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Do not copy the customs and the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you, say transform, into a new person by changing the way you think. So that's what God wants to do. He wants to change the way you think so that you become something that you're not. You were once a sinner, but now you're righteous. Why? Because your thinking has changed. You were once poor, but now you're in overflow. Why? Because your thinking has changed. You were once sick, but now you're healed. Why? Because you realize you have a covenant with God, and Jesus took stripes upon His back, and He paid the price for your healing, so you no longer have to be sick anymore. That God can heal your physical body. He created it. He can fix it. Listen, if your car breaks down, you take it back to the manufacturer. Why? Because then they created it. They know how to fix it. Well, God created you, and He knows how to fix every single part of you. And if He needs to replace some parts, He's got a warehouse in heaven full of parts. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you. Say, your computer needs a software update. You've got to get rid of some viruses. They're messing up your operating system. You might not be functioning right, but the Holy Ghost is the firewall. He's going to come and quarantine some viruses. He's going to kick them out. He's going to get you operating smoothly again. Can you say amen? 
There's nothing worse than owning a Windows computer. They have viruses all the time with ugly pop-ups. You need to switch to a Mac operating system. If you're watching, I need to get some money for this promo for you guys. I'm going to stay in the spirit. But it's so hard. Droid. Are you Windows people okay? Am I allowed to have my own opinion? I'm not going to say what I want to say. No, don't make me. So the way you change your life is you change the way you think. That means you have to separate from some things. Right? And there's so many areas that we need to change. And when you read the living Word of God, when you read the Bible, God shows you the places you need to change. And you know what's really great? Is that God gives you the power to change. This is not about you trying to manage your sin and manage your problems and fix yourself. No, you come to God broken and you say, God, I need fixing. And then He fixes, He helps you. But you need to be ready to surrender your life to Him. You need to be ready to give up your own way of living. And you need to be ready to change. But change is challenging. How many of you can say that you know change is a little challenging? Especially the older you get. And if you're male, change is even harder because we're stubborn. And all the ladies are excited. Yes. So stubborn. And so ladies, you've got to help us. Not shout at us. Not whine. You, got, you know, do you know, listen, it, in the Bible, when God created Adam and Eve, he, made, he, he gave Adam a command, but Eve changed his mind. If you're not a righteous woman, helping your husband go to God, you can lead him into the world. You have the power of influence over your man. I don't know if you know this. You've got skills. You have abilities. The ability to persuade a man, you have that power. It is a superpower. But if your heart is wrong, you're going to lead your husband and your family down the wrong path. And if you're a whiner and a complainer, wow, that's trouble in the household. It's an annoying drip. I know. So there's a way to handle your man. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And if you'll handle him right, you can get him to amazing things for you. Yes. Welcome to Pure Church. <laughs> My wife will give you some pointers and she will get your household in order. Can you say amen? Because I got me a Proverbs 31 shield maiden woman. She stands on the front line with me and pulls out her sword. Yeah! Everybody was kung fu fighting. So anyway. 
Lord have mercy. I don't know where the service is going, but <laughs> just trying to preach a message. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, you need to read the book of Genesis, all 50 chapters, multiple times. It's a good book, right? And it actually lays this foundation where God created the heavens and the earth. It talks about how God made everything. God set so many foundational things in the book of Genesis that you can learn from. That's, that's the place that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be in the garden, walking with God. We're supposed to be eating from the tree of life, which is the word of God. We're supposed to have the river of life flowing on the inside of us, right? And so the garden is an amazing place where there's peace and there's unity and there's prosperity and there's abundance. Where you're walking with God and God is teaching you things and He's showing you things about who you are and who He created you to be. As a child of the Most High God, you are royalty. You come from a royal family line. But here's the thing, when you're born into this world, you don't realize that God exists. Because all you know is the flesh, what you know through the five senses. And so you're born into the world, and everything that you learn, you learn from your family, you learn from your friends, you learn from your community. If you have traditions in your country, you learn certain things that your country teaches you that might not be in line with the Word of God. For example, I grew up in South Africa during the time of segregation and apartheid. There were laws where white people and black people couldn't live together. They lived in separate cities. There was all these laws. And so you grow up in a country thinking that this is right, but it's not right. And there's a mindset that has to change on the inside of you. And you know what? God is the only one who can break those mindsets out of you. I remember I was too proud to ask somebody with brown skin to teach me something because I had white skin. And that's a mindset that has to break out of you. And God broke me free. That's why when you look around this church, it's not just white people or black people or whatever. There's a multicultural thing happening. Why? Because our hearts are pure before God. It's not about our color skin. It's about our identity, who we are in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? And once you get into Christ, all the natural stuff starts falling off. Is this true? And so when you grow up, you're learning all these things. In your household, your parents teach you things based on how they grew up. My dad's from Lebanon. He's Arab by nature. That's a whole nother story right there. My mother's from Germany. Heil Hitler. You know what I'm saying? That's, my mother was a neat freak, right? If my clothing weren't lined up everything in order like I was in the military, she would come into my bedroom, fling open my cupboards, take everything, throw it on the floor, and say, clean it up. You're hurting my feelings. And if you didn't clean it up, you got your butt whipped. Is that good? Yes, but it was a little extreme. I was just a kid. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, you learn all these things from your parents, from your families. And when you come into the family of God, the kingdom of heaven, God has got his own set of laws. He has his own way of doing things. And you have to change the way you think and line up with the way God thinks so that you can experience the blessings that God has for you. When you come to know God's thoughts and you begin to live God's ways, then you go back to the garden where God is with you and He unlocks everything you need. You're no longer living by the sweat of your brow, trying to make it in your own strength, trying to figure it out. He's with you, leading you, guiding you, teaching you, and showing you everything you need. 
Did you know that you have a spirit dad? I have a spirit dad. He's a heavenly father. And he created you and he loves you. And he knows you by name. And before you were formed in your mother's womb, he had a book that he wrote out. And he put all his thoughts in this book about you. And if you could ever tap into that scroll and discover what God has for you, you're going to live a blessed life. But it all starts with you making the decision. I am leaving where I'm currently at and I'm going on a journey to a brand new place. That means you have to change what you're looking at. And we spoke about gates two weeks ago, your eye gates and your ear gates. Think about this for a second. Everybody live in a house or an apartment of some kind? Nobody living in their car, right? But even in your car, you still have doors and windows. So even if you're living in your car, you have doors and windows, right? If you have property, you, you could have a fence on your property with a gate that marks your boundary lines, right? And then you have a house and you have your front door, you have windows, you have a back door, you have a garage door. And then you go into the house, you have the kitchen, you have the living room, the dining room, and you've got all these passages that lead to the bedrooms and the bathroom. And then your house has another entrance and exit, and that's the plumbing that comes through the foundation and the electrical that comes through the foundation, foundational things. Well, you got to guard what comes into your house, don't you? You know, you got to watch what comes in through the windows and what comes in through the doors. You don't just leave your doors open for rattlesnakes to come into the house, do you? You don't leave the front, the gate open so that, you know, anybody can drive up on your property, do donuts on your lawn. No, you keep the door shut, you keep the window shut, correct? You only allow in what you want in. Is this true? There are boundaries. No, this is my property. Get off my property. You have doors. You open the door, you let guests in. You let in people, you know, that you want to let in. There's just some people you don't want in your house. Can you say amen? amen? No, you're not coming in my house. You're not eating my food. You're not talking to my daughter. And you got to be weaponized, man. you got to be ready. When I met Misty, her dad was sharpening knives in the kitchen, looking at me through the, the giant knife, you know. He was weaponized. He was ready. And listen, what good is it to have power to the house and water to the house, but the electric bill isn't on? Or the water bill isn't paid. So you've got the connection, but nothing's flowing through it. So what am I talking about? You are a house. Your windows are your eyes. What are you allowing? What are you looking through with your eyes? What are you letting into you? Your, your ears are doorways into your soul. What are you listening to? Are you guarding your eyes? Are you guarding your ears? Are you guarding your mouth? Have you put a guard on the house? Do you have boundary lines? I will not cross this boundary line. I live a certain way. You want me to go out and do what? No, I have a boundary. This is how we live. We're not crossing outside of this boundary line. Well, I don't leave the door cracked open overnight so that critters can come into the house. So I'm not allowing just anything into my mind, into my will, and into my emotions. Why? Because the devil is the prince and the power of the air. And what does he do? He has control in the communication realm, and he wants to deceive you by what you look at and what you listen to. And so you got to make sure that you're focusing your life on what is true, what is holy, what is pure, what's admirable. 
You want to focus on the things that are good and trustworthy. You don't want to put your eyes and your mind on things that are unholy. Why? Because you're allowing thoughts into your mind and you'll start processing them. And then you'll find confirmation and you'll find people who are going to take you down a road and lead you to where you should not be and bring destruction to your house. I am not allowing pornography through my eyes. I've set a boundary. Can you say amen? I'm not looking at other women with lust. Why? Because I have a boundary. Can you say amen? I am protecting my covenant relationship with the woman that God gave me. Can you say amen? I'm not allowing certain things into my home, drugs and alcohol. Why? Because I have children and snake bite is bad. And so you got to protect the things that God has given you. And men, we will be held accountable for our families because you are the head of the household. Can you say amen? So you don't just let your wife go do whatever she wants to do either. Sometimes you say, no, honey. Put the credit card down. <laughs> Everybody's still okay. Say, welcome to Pure Church. Clean hands, pure hearts. See, those with clean hands and pure hearts will see God. You will walk with God. You'll hear God. And when you encounter God, what He shows you and what He teaches you and where He leads you will always be a road of blessing. But you've got to make a decision. I'm leaving Egypt. What is Egypt? That's why I want you to read the book of Genesis. Egypt, in the Old Testament, was a place where God's people were held in captivity. And God heard the cries of His people, and He raised up Moses. And Moses was a deliverer of God's people. And He brought them out of Egypt. But they had to make the decision that they wanted to leave Egypt. And you're going to live in sin as long as it's comfortable. But when, when death comes knocking at your door and destruction starts hitting your house... And you got panic happening in your life. That's when people usually hit the God button. God help. That's when people start searching and looking for answers. People don't generally look for God when things are good. They only look for God when things are bad. And the Bible says that you need to be careful that once God has blessed you and you've built fine houses and you're eating all the fine things of the land and you have overflow, that you don't forget the Lord your God who brought you out of captivity. And I find that people do that. Their lives are in a mess. They come to God. God helps them restore their lives. And then they go back to where they came from only to get wrapped up in the same old stuff again. And they forget the Lord their God. So you've got to make a decision. So Egypt represents slavery. Egypt represents bondage. If you're Egyptian, I'm sorry. I'm not attacking you right now. I actually heard a story. Uh, Pastor Rodney, he was traveling. He went to Egypt. And his, uh, one of the guys that was traveling with him, he was receiving the offering. And when he got up to receive the offering, he was talking about plundering the Egyptians. People weren't very happy about giving, and he didn't realize, oh, put two and two together. He's talking to the Egyptians. That's a, that's a bad offering day. Very bad offering day. So anyway. So Egypt was a place where Pharaoh put God's people into slavery. They were, they were slave-driven. They lived in fear, and everything that they were doing was to produce Pharaoh's little kingdom. 
And there is a money system in the world that you wake up every morning in fear that if you don't do all the things to make the money, then you'll lose the car, you'll lose the house, you'll lose the furniture, you'll lose everything. Why? Because you're trapped in a debt system that builds big bank buildings and puts money in other people's pockets and they're living off your slavery. Look at the person next to you and say, we're getting out of debt next year. 2022 will be a year of debt release. I don't care how big the debt is, debt is coming down. It is a giant that we're taking down. We're no longer going to be borrowers. Can you say amen? Say, we're going to own it debt-free. Your cars are going to be debt-free. Your houses are going to be debt-free. Your clothing is going to be debt-free. The food you eat, you're not putting on the Walmart credit card. Can you say amen? We're coming into a prosperous, wealthy place where we will lend to others and we will not borrow. And we will no longer build this world system on our backs. Can you say amen? But you got to make a decision. I'm coming out of debt. Otherwise, you can live in debt for the rest of your life. Is it possible for you to get rid of hundreds of thousand dollars in debt? No, that's a hard thing. But with God's help and you believe in God and putting God first and walking according to the principles of God, He'll bring you out of slavery and He'll bring you into a promised land where you'll get houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, a land flowing with milk and honey, and you will be blessed. Because when God blesses you, He adds no sorrow to it. Say, I own it. it. The rich rule over the poor and the borrowers serves the lender. The banks really own all that stuff, so don't be a big pretender. Got bars. They own the cars, the houses, the technology, and none of that stuff is interest-free. So if you want to be out of slavery, then stand up and sing the song with me. I I own it. I own it. I don't beg, borrow, lease, or rent, live in a shack or inside a tent. I own it. it. Say, I own it. it. Like uh, Selena says, I'm wealthy. You may be seated. So in 2017, while I was praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're moving from renting to owning. And that's the process we're in. We moved out of renting. We own this property. We, We moved out of renting our house. We're building a house. Can you say amen? We're looking for our Port St. Lucie property. And I'm telling you right now, when we break the debt ceiling, we will have so much money left over at the end of the day that we're going to build the kingdom of God. We're going to take over cities. Can you say amen? There's going to be all this extra money. The 10% tithe is no longer going to pay the debts. It's no longer going to pay interest. 20% and 30% going to those companies. No, that's going to be extra money in God's people's pockets so that we can build the kingdom and get things right on track. Can you say amen? There is a world that needs to be saved, and it's about time God's people rose up and had some cash in their pockets. It's coming, I'm telling you right now. Trust me. It's coming. So what you need to realize is that the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between the soul, the spirit, the joint, the marrows. It judges the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart. you got to let the Word of God come into you and bring correction to you. you. See, the Word of God is a knife and it wants to cut things out of your life, out of your thinking. That should not be there to get your operating system working. 
And sometimes the enemy comes in through generational curses and things that we learned that are wrong ways of thinking. And God can adjust you and God can correct you. But you've got to be willing to allow the Word to do the correcting. Look at the person next to you and say, that gets uncomfortable. The Bible says this in the book of 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture, say all Scripture, is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true, makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Another translation says, All Scripture is God-breathed, youthful, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may complete, equipped for every good work. So God wants to equip you with His Word. He wants you built on a solid foundation so that when the storms of life come, your life is not shaken. You're built on solid rock. But you've got to make a decision. I'm coming out of living in the flesh. Look at the person next to you. Say, I've got to come out of living in the flesh. Go to the book of Galatians. And I want to show you. I'm going to hit three points and we'll be done today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. This is living in the flesh. If you find yourself practicing any of these things, right? We're not judging you, but we're saying that's not God's best for you. These are thieves. Look at the person next to you. Say, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When you practice these things, you're allowing the enemy to work through your temple to bring destruction to your life. Say, I've got to set boundaries. So if you recognize any of these things, then you need to say, you know what? This isn't from God. Maybe, you know, my mom did this or my dad did that or my friends, we did this. But you know what? I'm changing my lifestyle. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm changing my lifestyle. Listen, if you, if you want to get your body in shape, you can't go on a diet for three days and then eat whatever you want for the next 30 days. You have to have a lifestyle change. Is this true? If you want to see money in your bank account, you can't just be swiping your card every time you want something. Can you say amen? You have to discipline yourself to live by principles that are going to produce results in your life. Otherwise, you're just in a cycle of wasting and pleasing self. Everybody with me? And so it says in Galatians 5.19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. So you can see it. You know, they say, Pastor, how do you know? Well, I can see your lifestyle. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Idolatry. That's you worshiping idols. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling. If you're in a household where you're fighting all the time, there's no peace in your house, there's something in your heart that needs to change. Say this, only with pride comes contention. So when you say, I am right, there's a war that's going to happen. If there's quarreling, fighting in your household, it's because there's pride in your life and you need to humble yourself. I love you, pastor. Thank you. This is good for me. Jealousy. What is jealousy? Jealousy is secret envy. It's something that you have that I want, and it's a secret in my heart. And then jealousy kicks in to come and divide it from you so that it becomes, I can get my hands on it. 
Jealousy is a divider and a destroyer, and it works with envy. And these are spirits, by the way. These are not emotions. These are enemy spirits that are coming to lead you and guide you down a road to bring destruction to others and your life. And you got to see it as that. If you think, oh, it's just a feeling, it's just an emotion. No, it's not. It's a devil. Dissension, uh, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. Sorcery. Let's go there for a second. You know, you get caught up in all kinds of seeing mediums and psychics and reading your horoscopes. you got to come out of that stuff. The devil cannot tell you your future. Only God can. There's only one way to Christ and knowing who you are in Him and who you were before the foundation of the world and what God has for your future. So you're not going to find direction in anything else. You're going to find it in God. Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. That means you'll walk on anybody to get what you want and you don't care. Dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And other sins like these. Let me tell you again as I have before. Anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means everything God has for you in his kingdom. If you're practicing these things. They're keeping you out of enjoying what God has for you. You have to say I'm leaving Egypt. I'm leaving slavery where I'm a slave to sin. Where I'm living in the flesh only to please myself. I'll say what I want to say. I'll go where I want to go. I don't care about you. I don't care about your feelings. That is self-centeredness, where you live to please self. And you're hurt, you're broke, you're broken, and you're, you're in pain, and you're just spreading pain everywhere that you go. You've got to decide, I'm tired of living here in the flesh, only to live for myself, and I'm taking a journey with Jesus, and I'm turning my back on the flesh, and I'm walking, putting my face towards the promised land, because I have an inheritance in Christ Jesus, and God has got some brand new things for my life, but I've got to be willing to turn my back on the flesh and say, I'm cutting off the things of the flesh, and if you're going to lead me down the wrong road, I'm cutting you off too, because I'm not entertaining that in my life any longer. I'm putting boundaries around my house, and I'm kicking stuff out, and we're getting things clean, and this is going to be a temple that honors the living God. Why? Because I want to walk with God, and I want to be blessed, and I want my kids to be blessed. I want to walk in generational prosperity. I'm not leaving debt to my children. I'm going to leave an inheritance to my children. And my ceiling will be my son's floor. Can you say amen? And his ceiling will be my grandson's floor. And we're going to take things generationally. We might take this city, but they'll take other cities. And then the grandkids will take the nations. Why? Because they got a foundation to build on. But if there's division in the house and mom and dad can't even get it together, how are your kids going to take over anything? I'm going to kick a podium right now. So you got to decide, I'm done with the flesh. I'm done living to please myself. I'm going to live to please God. But then you got to turn your back on the world. The spirit of the world, you got to turn your back on the world system. We keep running to the banks. We keep running to the doctors. We keep running to people. God's a provider. God's a healer. God's the only one that can fix you. But we run to everything else. We don't run to God first. And the world system is a spirit of the world that controls the children of disobedience. It's the spirit in people. When you're not saved, 
When you don't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you've got the spirit of the world on the inside of you. And what is the spirit of the world? It's the lust of the eyes. Everything I see with my eyes, I want. The lust of the flesh, I'm going to do whatever it is to please myself. And the pride of life, I'm going to boast about all my achievements. And it's all done in your own strength. And you've got to walk away from that. That way of thinking. Being led by a familiar spirit, not by the Holy Spirit. You've got to say, I'm done with the flesh. I'm done with the world. I'm coming out of the flesh. I'm coming out of the world. But you know what else we've got to come out of? We've got to come out of religion. See, people are looking for God. The reason people are looking for God is because you're made in His image. And because you're made in His image, there's a desire on the inside of you to know the one who created you. It's in every single person. Well, people look at different religions. Do you know how many religions there are out there? Religious practices there are out there. All the isms. <laughs> Buddhism. Hinduism. Tao Taoism. There's even atheism. Those guys don't even believe there's a God. Confucianism. Scientism. So people are looking for God in science. Let's split molecules and see where life comes from. People are looking at all these religious practices. Even in Christianity, all the, these Christian churches that practice man-made things as rituals, but there's no presence and life of God in the middle of it. It's rituals that you do to try and reach God. But I want you to know Buddha is in the way. Muhammad is in the way. All your rituals are not the way. Science is in the way. The only way to Christ, Jesus said, is through him. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And nobody, that includes everybody, comes to the heavenly father except through him. So you want to know God the Father? You want to know His love? You want to walk with Him like man did in the garden? You want to know God's plan for your life? The only way you get to God is by accepting Jesus and starting to follow His way. But you've got to separate yourself from the flesh, living in the flesh. You've got to come out of the world system and you've got to find the kingdom of God. You've got to get yourself rooted and grounded in Christ. Know who you are in Him. And then walk forward into your promised land and take territory. See, this is victory. So who's ready for the journey? 2022 is, we're preparing you for when we break the new year. Right now, you're going to get things in order. You're going to get things on the right foundation. You're going to walk away from things. You're going to turn your heart to God. You're turning your back on the world. You're turning your back on the flesh. You're turning your back on religious practices. And you're going to turn your face towards God. You're going to get into your Bible. And you're going to do what Jesus tells you to do, not what man tells you to do. We're going to help you find a relationship with God. And you're going to walk with God. And you're going to walk in overflow. And you're going to walk in abundance. And your family is going to be blessed. Because you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father with all authority and all the power with all things under your feet. Heaven is not broke. Heaven is not sick. Let it be as it is in heaven in my household and in my life, Lord Jesus. I will not quit until I live in the blessing and the fullness of what God has for me. Can you say amen? Come on, church. Jesus. Yeah. Religion ain't giving you nothing. Stand with me this morning.
you ain't ready. Devil, you ain't ready for what's coming. Hallelujah. I want everybody to close your eyes right now in this place. If you're here today, you probably first time maybe or new here, and you've never experienced anything like pure church. It's wild praise and passionate people and lots of shouting and clapping and laughing. And The reason we're so free is because we have Jesus. We're not bound by a bunch of stuff. And Jesus loves you. God loves you. And he wants to come and live on the inside of you. But you have to open your heart and let him in. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you've never made a decision to be a follower of Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity today to make that decision. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way into the kingdom of God. There's so much that God wants to give you, but you've got to be ready to walk away, surrender everything else to follow Him. And that's a decision that only you can make. I can tell you all about living in the kingdom. I can tell you about all the good things that God has done for me. But you can't live through my relationship with God. You've got to have your own relationship. And that's what Jesus died to give you, a personal relationship with God, where you can hear His voice, where you can talk to Him. He hears you and He answers you. He comes through for you. And then when you start living according to the Bible, when you start make the decision to be a follower of Jesus, you say, I'm going to start living my life according to the Word of God. And you build new patterns in your life. You can do the principles without having a relationship with Jesus and you'll be blessed. And there's a lot of people that do that. They use the principles in the Bible and they make money. But God wants to have a personal relationship with you. There's nothing like hearing His voice. There's nothing like knowing that your life is right with Him. There's nothing like knowing that you have a heavenly Father that loves you and that everything is good. He wants to take the weight of sin off your shoulders. He wants to mend your broken heart. He wants to give you peace in the storm. And He wants to lead you and guide you into a wealthy, happy place. The message that we preach is a message of good news. To the poor person, you don't have to be poor anymore. To the sick person, you don't have to be sick anymore. To the brokenhearted person, your heart can be mended. To the one who doesn't know what to do or where to go in life, God will clear that up and give you direction. Out of the ashes of living in the flesh, living in the world, He'll heal you, He'll restore you, and He wants to turn your life around. If you're in this place today, God is calling you. He wants to live in you, and He wants to work through you. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you want to do that today, I want you to just raise your hand really quickly and say, Yes, Jesus, I'm giving you my heart today. I'm making the decision today that I'm going to follow you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. No longer living to please myself, but living to please you. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, you know what? At one time in my life, I did serve Jesus. I had a relationship with the Lord, but life hit me. Stuff came my way and it threw me off track. 
My life's not in order. I've been living in the flesh. I've been living in the world. I have not been living a life pleasing to God. But today I'm coming back to God. I'm turning my back on the world and I'm turning my face towards God one more time. And I'm going to walk with God. If you're in this place and you're recommitting your life to God today, and you say, yep, that's me. Pray for me. I want you to lift your hand really quickly. God is going to turn it all around. Right? Just open your hands. From your heart, say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I stand here today and I'm making a decision that I'm going to follow Jesus. And I ask you, God, to forgive me for the things I've said, for the things that I have done, the things that I got involved in that I shouldn't have got involved in. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I give you my life. And I make the decision today that I will follow you, God. I will live according to your word. I give you my eyes. I give you my ears. I give you my imagination. My mind, my will, my emotions. My body. Everything I have. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I give it all to you, God. I give you my life. Because I want your life, God. In the name of Jesus. I'm just so glad to be A part of your family No matter what you're going through I got you And you got me too What's up with the family? Got your heart